Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The first thing on the to-do list for today's show is to visit hideyourchildrenbook.com. My book is coming out in two months, guys, two months. This has seemed like a project that the um, result or the conclusion of this project would never come. This day, this publication day, has seemed so far off in the distance that it's very surreal that we are knocking on the door almost of publication day. My book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. I'm incredibly proud of this book. I've poured my heart and soul into this book. I think you guys are gonna love it. The first half, is I name the names of the people behind the capture of our institutions and the the people behind the attack on America's kids. And the second half, I offer a solution. A solution, I will admit to you, is different than the solution the Republican Party is offering on how we can retake our institutions, reclaim those institutions, and protect America's kids. Go to hideyourchildrenbook.com. If you haven't already, why haven't you gotten your copy of Hide Your Children? Hideyourchildrenbook.com. Okay, a startling poll. This is a Gallup poll. Let me bring it up here. That shows that only 18% of young people in the United States of America, and young people I'm defining, or Gallup poll defined as between the ages of 18 and 34. So it's kind of a mix of Gen Z and millennials, an interesting mix. Gallup poll finds only 18% of young people aged 18 to 34 said that they are extremely proud to be American. This is so startling to me. You expect some woke millennials and some woke Gen Zers to have bought into, well, wokeness, anti-Americanism, but to have 82% of young people in the United States say that they're not extremely proud to be American, this blew my mind. And that's not even that's not even the part that surprised me the most. The part that shocked me the most is the comparison. If you look back, a, the same poll, the same questions were asked to people 10 years ago in 2013, Back in 2013, 85% of people between the ages of 18 and 29, so a little bit different age group, but the same, 85% said that they were extremely or very proud to be American. Sometimes there are incremental changes that happen culturally in our country, or people's viewpoints on certain topics change slowly over time, maybe based on an event, maybe based on some kind of cultural lobbying effort. But this is stunning. 85% 85% minus 18%. That, that's the biggest change in public opinion on any topic that I've ever seen, ever. I'm not trying to sound hyperbolic. I just can't think of any topic that that large of a number of Americans have changed their mind on in that short of amount of time. It's shocking. It means that today, as you and I sit here, 82% of young people refuse to say that they're extremely proud to be American. And I I read this poll earlier and I thought to myself, okay, first of all, let's deconstruct what's behind this. What caused such a significant shift in public opinion? So this this unheard of shift in public opinion where it's 85, what is that, 75, 65, that's 67 point shift in the space of 10 years. And the conclusion is of course, indoctrination. Indoctrination is behind this because indoctrination works. 
the cultural indoctrination that we've been facing in almost, on almost every front has changed people's minds. It's been very effective. So first, I, I feel like millennials were the ones that were first hit with the, narr- the, the revisionist history narrative on Christopher Columbus, that Christopher Columbus, instead of being a great explorer, the one who discovered the United States of America before it was the United States of America for on behalf of European royalty, that he was some kind of imperialist, rapist, enslaver. Millennials, that's what we were indoctrinated with, right? That was the, that was the narrative that, that we were told. And the reason for that wasn't just to demonize or vilify this one person. It was to slowly start to change the collective, the, everyone's minds, the collective feeling on whether the United States of America was founded for good reasons and therefore whether or not our country in and of itself is legitimate or whether it's the word that they use now is stolen. So we had that. At the same time, millennials were hit with Howard Zinn's revisionist history of the United States, which also painted the United States as being imperialist, painted the United States as being built on white supremacy, painted the United States as this, this, as existing on top of stolen land in the immoral way, right? Now, you and I know that, yes, the early Americans, even, even not both before the United States was established, but after we were established, yes, we did take land from Native American tribes. And you can argue about the morality of that, but the fact of the matter is that's that's the history of the world goes the same way. That is the history of the world. In fact, Native American tribes who occupied the land before we did stole it from other Native American tribes. So if you're going to criticize Americans for taking it from Native Americans, you should also criticize Native Americans from taking it from other Native Americans. But of course they don't do that. Um, this was the this is the premise of Howard Zinn's revisionist history, and then you fast forward a little bit to just a couple years ago when the New York Times went a step further and they introduced the 1619 Project. And the 1619 Project wasn't just about white colonialists taking land from from Native Americans and thus beginning our legacy on on stolen of being a stolen country. It was painting all of the people who were citizens of the United States and every institution that our government was based on as being fundamentally racist, saying the United States was actually built entirely on the backs of slave labor. And this makes a difference, right? And that's not even that's not even the biggest push. The biggest push of all is the push for what's called anti-racism, which is anything but anti-racism. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we had the 1619 Project that told us that America's true founding was not in 1775 or 1776, but rather in 1619 when the first African slaves were forcibly brought to 
America, forcibly brought to the shores of what would be the United States of America. And on the back of this, we had this wave of what's called anti-racism that started being dropped in every institution from schoolrooms to corporate boardrooms to um, everywhere. You, could, you can't look away from it. It's the Ibram X. Kendi stuff that it's critical race theory, that you're racist if you're white and you're oppressed if you're black. And the idea of this wasn't just to say that white people are oppressors or white people are inherently racist or irredeemable. It's to propose this idea or to push this idea, to impose this idea on people that our country is so inherently racist because every institution in our nation was built on the backs of slaves and that the privilege that people who succeed via those institutions enjoy is only because they stole it from black people. The purpose of this is to delegitimize the United States of America. This has been what young people in our country have been subjected to for a decade now, a decade. So if you look at it that way, you think, well, is it any wonder that young people's minds changed so much in the space of 10 years, that it went from 85% of young people who said they were very or extremely proud of being American to now only 18% of young people say that they are extremely proud of being American. It's mind boggling to see that kind of cultural shift. My question, of course, for these young people is if you stop looking inwardly, don't just think about yourselves and what your life is. It's difficult, I think, for millennials, and this, is, this includes me, this is not a lecture, for millennials and, and Gen Zers to enjoy our prosperity because we are so prosperous, we as a nation, we are so privileged, we have so much excess around us all the time, and we always have from the moment we were born, that it's hard for us to fathom what real oppression or real marginalization or real deprivation feels like, what real lack of opportunity feels like, what real discrimination feels like. And because of that, we're very susceptible to believing when someone tells us that we're marginalized because we're LGBTQ, even though if you're LGBTQ, if you identify like that, you can do whatever the heck you want in our country. Nobody's stopping you. No one's persecuting you. Nothing is happening to you. You can do whatever you want. If you're a black person, you're not institutionally denied any opportunity in our country, none whatsoever. But we're very susceptible to being told that we're oppressed because human nature is used to fighting back against hardship and oppression, and yet our generations have never had to do any of that. So what I would challenge young people in the United States right now is stop thinking about what your life is like. Stop thinking about, I guess, stop, stop looking in a mirror at yourself and think outwardly for a moment. Think about the United States and the impact that we have had, not just on ourselves or our communities, but think about the impact that we have had on people's lives globally. Because of the United States of America, there are a billion less people who live in poverty. We in the United States of America, because of our economic strength and the fact that our economy, we're not selfish, we don't hoard money, we create new capital and new value and we disperse that. Everyone around the world enjoys a higher level of prosperity because of our economy, because of us. And if you're not proud of that, then why not? Why aren't you proud to pull people out of poverty? What would you have us do instead? The same thing goes for poisonous ideologies that lead to tyranny, oppression, and death. Think about World War II. Because of the United States, because primarily of the United States, Nazism was defeated in the world. Nazism, I don't need to tell you how many people died 
due to Nazism. I mean, in concentration camps alone, we're talking 10, 11 million people who were murdered because of this poisonous ideology. We stopped that. We, we stifled and killed the spread of that evil ideology in the world. And then again in the Cold War, we stopped communism and socialism. All of those ideologies, history shows us, lead to tyranny, oppression, and death. We save people's lives. If you're not proud of that, why aren't you? And then think about our economy. Think about capitalism. Now, capitalism as it's taught in schools and as it's portrayed in the culture is oftentimes vilified as corporate greed. But think about the inventions that have come out of the United States of America. We have invented more things than anyone else, more things that benefit the lives, that increase the standard of living for people all around the world. This is something to be proud of. We in the United States not only abolished slavery in our own country, but it began the end of slavery in the developed Western world. This is an incredible thing, an incredible influence that we've had on the world. We have the freedom to live however we want, to worship whatever God we want, to dress any, any way we choose, to associate with people or not. We have almost as absolute freedom as any country around the world. We have the best medical care in the world, so much so that people from other countries who are hopeless, who might have otherwise died, come to the United States because we give them hope. We give them affordable health care that hopefully elongates their lives, maybe saves their lives. We as individuals are the most generous people in the world. We value the individual, not just collectivism like communist nations. People around the world want to come here to the United States. They want to come here. As young people in the United States say that they're not proud to be American, other people want to be here. They would give anything to be here. And our country is just getting better with age. The original promises, the ideals in our founding documents that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with the right, the unalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we are on a daily basis achieving closer and closer to that original ideal. Think about what we have done to restore this original promise to black people, to restore this original promise to women, to restore this original promise to the unborn. We are getting better with age and this entire, our entire governmental structure is built on an idea that makes us different than anyone else in the world, that it's built on natural law, that there is objective truth, there is right, there is wrong, there is morality, there is immorality, and there is justice. And it's not, these, the definitions of these words are not based on popular vote. They're based on objective truth. If you're not proud to be an American, then I invite you to open a history book and think about the impact that our country has had on other people instead of simply thinking about what you've been told about yourself. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
So Hunter Biden's plea deal fell apart, and this is how it went down. Hunter Biden arrived at the Delaware courthouse. Oddly enough, we can show this video on the screen while I'm talking about it. Oddly enough, in a motorcade, which is a real head scratcher if you think about the position that he holds in the federal government, that would be nothing. He holds no position in the federal government, none. He is the son of the president. Nonetheless, he arrived in a motorcade. It looked like it was the president. You know, you can see it pulling up right there in front of the courthouse. That's enough. I just wanted to show the show the motorcade since it's so strange. He gets out of the motorcade, goes into the courthouse, and the judge throws out the plea deal. You remember the plea deal that he was going to uh, that he was going to plead essentially out of any jail time if he pled guilty to the tax evasion. He didn't pay a couple hundred thousand dollars in taxes, which is wrong and really stupid if you think about how much money he was bringing in. Don't understand why people would do that. Don't understand why Hunter would do that. Maybe it was the crack. Who knows? Uh, he also wasn't going to serve jail time for his firearms offense under this plea deal as long as he entered into a diversionary program, a diversionary program that would allow him to escape jail time that other people who'd committed the same firearms offense were forced to serve jail time for. But the judge asked his lawyers about a provision in the plea deal that we had not heard about before. This little clause or this little phrase in the plea deal would have given Hunter Biden immunity from prosecution for anything else, anything else at the federal level if he if he completed this diversionary program. And the judge is basically like, WTF, what is this? And his defense lawyers couldn't explain what it was. They were just like, blah, 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 blah. and she goes, I don't think so. I don't think so. So she threw it out and he is now going to stand trial for the crimes that he committed. The conditions of his release, we can show this on the screen. I'm gonna read you the conditions of his release. One of them is a bit funnier than the other ones. He cannot possess a firearm. He cannot use or possess any controlled substances, including marijuana, unless prescribed. He must submit to full federal supervision. No alcohol is allowed at all, none, completely prohibited. He must agree to participate in substance abuse therapy. He must submit to testing for prohibited substances, and he must seek employment. I confess that last one, he must seek employment, made me laugh. Yeah, Hunter Biden, go find a real job. Go do something for a living. Make something of yourself. Go find a job. I can't imagine one of these that he's going to not have a difficult time adhering to. So he already he already broke laws with a firearm. There's no way he's gonna keep himself away from drugs. I mean, this is why I said last week that the Secret Service were never in a million, trillion, billion years going to discover who it was that left the baggie of cocaine near the Situation Room. They couldn't. The White House would never allow the Secret Service to do that because Hunter Biden, and this was actually a condition of his plea deal too, before the plea deal was thrown out, that the diversionary program for the firearms offense required him to be drug-free for two years. And I thought, well, of course they're not gonna trace the cocaine back to its rightful owner, back to Hunter Biden, because if they did, that would mean Hunter Biden would have broken his agreement, this plea deal, and he would have faced jail time. There's no way Joe Biden is gonna let Hunter Biden go to jail. No way. He lives at the White House for a reason, and it's not because he's family. He lives at the White House so that they can babysit him to make sure he doesn't blab all of the corruption to anybody else or to make sure he doesn't give any more laptops away so that we all find it out even though they've tried to keep this corruption a family secret for the last two decades. I can't possibly imagine that he won't be, that he'll be willing to uh, give up alcohol. Can you picture 
Hunter Biden as a teetotaler? Yeah, me either. Participate in substance abuse therapy, submit to drug testing. I mean, come on, we all know he's gonna pop positive. And then get a job. Who on earth would hire Hunter Biden? Watch him submit, watch him submit. This would crack me up. Watch him submit to the judge um, an employment agreement with Burisma or with the, with the Chinese Communist Party entities that he had bribed. Imagine he goes into this courtroom and says, yes, your honor, I do have employment. I'm seeking employment with all of these places that have paid me off, these foreign entities tied to foreign governments that are hostile to the United States of America. Best TV ever, best TV ever. I'm glad that this plea deal has fallen apart. It's the right thing to do. Although I still don't think that Hunter Biden is going to face justice because there's corruption to the very core, the very core of the Department of Justice. So in Congress today, or yesterday, there was a hearing about UFOs. They're not calling UFOs UFOs anymore. They're calling them UAPs. And I meant to look up what that actually stands for. UAPs. What is UAP? I'm looking this up. Unidentified aerial phenomena. I'm just gonna call it a UFO. Why do we change the words to stuff? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make it any more real. So this whistleblower who had come forward a month or two ago saying that there were in fact remains of some sort of aircraft that defied human physics and that the US military and contractors had the remains of this, but we're keeping it a secret from Congress. His name's David Grush. I know a lot of you follow, follow this stuff really closely. He finally testified before Congress today, and he told Congress that he knows the exact location of where these, these UFOs are that the government or that the military is supposedly hiding from Congress. So take a listen to this. Mr. Grush, finally, do you believe that our government is in possession of UAPs? Uh, absolutely, based on interviewing uh, over 40 witnesses over four years. And, and, and where? I know the exact locations, and, and those locations were provided to the Inspector General and some of which to the Intelligence Committees. I actually had the people with the firsthand knowledge um, provide a protected disclosure to the Inspector General. You guys ready for me to be like the most skeptical of skeptics here? Because I'm about to hit you with some mad skepticism. Why is he the one testifying if he's not the one who's seen these remains? He says that he interviewed 40 different people who knew the locations. How come it's him in front of the US Congress and not one of those 40 people who actually know the information? Why would those 40 people talk to him? Why wouldn't they talk to the United States Congress if they thought it was such a serious breach of trust that the military and defense contractors were hiding this from Congress? Why would they go to some random dude and talk to him instead of going to Congress. Forgive my skepticism here, but I feel like something just a little fishy is at play when the person who's supposed to be like the bombshell whistleblower hasn't even seen this stuff himself. Like show us, show us pictures, show us the information. And I, I don't believe that the US government is that good at keeping secrets. I don't believe that people are that good at keeping secrets, that we wouldn't have seen evidence of this if that evidence actually existed. But we've never seen evidence of this, never. And I know I'm gonna get a ton of pushback because I know a lot of you guys think that this is very real. I get messages from a lot of people saying, I don't know, the US government's also shady. Yes, I agree. The US government is very shady. And yes, I agree, they do try to hide information from us. But there's just something odd about this, especially, listen to this part. Listen to this part. We are going to, I'm going to show you David Grush telling Congresswoman Mace 
that there were actually the pilots, these supposedly alien pilots that the U.S. government has possession of, too. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on The First TV. Watch The First on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. So David Grush goes on to tell Congresswoman Mace that it wasn't just the crafts or the aircrafts, whatever they want to call it, the remains of these UFOs that the U.S. government is hiding. He said that the pilots were also recovered. I mean, he used a really euphemistic term. He called them the biologics and claimed that they weren't human, but there was something alive that was recovered or something biologic. Maybe it was something that was alive and is no longer alive. Who knows? Because he hasn't seen them, but this is what he had to say. Intelligent extraterrestrials something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. <laughs> um, if you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries, yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness? Like, how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either... What agency, sub-agency, what contractors, who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Super, thank you. And I yield back. That's actually the best question that was asked during the entire hearing. I don't care so much about the biologic part. Again, he hasn't seen any of it, so forgive my skepticism, but how come the people who saw it didn't talk about it? How come they're talking to him about it when he's a whistleblower? There's something that just doesn't add up here. Now, I'm not saying, let me, let me clarify something. I'm not saying that the U.S. government, the U.S. military, or defense contractors don't have some sort of unidentified aerial phenomena or UFOs that they are keeping secret. I'm not saying that they don't have something. What I'm questioning is the narrative that everyone assumes to be true about 
these things that we don't know what they are because no one's actually seen them. Even the people blowing the whistle haven't seen them. The best question that was asked was, okay, well, who do we actually need to talk to if we want to know anything about these programs? Because with all due respect to David Grush, it's not him. It's not him. I mean, I, I have no idea what his motivation is coming forward. Maybe he believes this stuff. Maybe he was told this stuff, but he hasn't seen it himself. The, the biggest problem that I have with the, the alien narrative, and again, I know you guys are going to send me, you're going to blow up my Twitter account on this, and go right ahead. I want to hear your opinions. But my biggest problem with this is that our idea of what an alien is or our idea of what a UFO is, you can picture it. What comes into your mind right now? I would bet that what comes into your mind when you think of a UFO and an alien is a little green man with antennas, huge eyes, antennas, and then a, uh, a flying saucer. Like the classic flying saucer that looks exactly like a, a, a saucer with a teacup on the top of it. And then lights blinking kind of moves in a circular manner. That's probably what came into your mind. Or one of those little pill-like things that those videos went viral a couple years ago that were like, oh, it goes up and down and side to side. Why did that come into your mind? Well, it came into your mind for no scientific reason. It came into your mind not because we have any evidence that that would be what we would find. It came into your mind because that is what somebody's imagination, that's a fictional idea or a fictional invention of what someone thinks an alien might look like. Not because we have any evidence, again, but just because that is, it's, it's literally science fiction. We've just chosen to believe that this might be someone or it might be something from a far planet that's coming to explore the United States and what they're so advanced that they can travel to a different planet even though we can not even get to Mars and yet they're so dumb that they would crash here and die. Contradictions here. This is my biggest problem with it. The people who are so willing to believe that a little green man and a flying saucer came from another planet in order to do what, I have no idea, are also unwilling to believe what is the most likely explanation for any unidentifiable aerial phenomena, and that is that it's demons. You'll, uh, you'll believe a fictional account, someone's imagination. You'll believe that as reality, but you won't believe in the spiritual realm in which we live, this spiritual battle that's raging around us, the reality of that, the visible and the invisible. And yet you believe what's in some comic book somewhere. I know, again, you're going to blow up my Twitter and go ahead, give me your best arguments, but this is what, this is how I see it. These guys have not seen any of this evidence. They're going on hearsay and it's not going to be aliens the way that popular culture depicts aliens anyway. It's demons. It's demons, of course it's demons. Especially the ones that, I mean, think about actually how an alien in popular culture is depicted, a little green man. What else is depicted as a little green man? A demon, a demon. I stand by this, despite the backlash that I'm going to get, I stand by this. Ron DeSantis is also getting backlash, not for the same reason. He's getting backlash from leftists because he was asked if he would ever choose RFK Jr. as a running mate as a vice president, and DeSantis said no, but he said he would possibly have another role for RFK in a DeSantis administration. This is what he said. Yes, the medical stuff, I'm very good on that. So that does appeal to me, but there's a whole host of other things that he'd probably be out of step with. And so on that regard, it's like, okay, if you're president, you know, sick him on the FDA if he'd be willing to serve or sick him on CDC. Uh, but in terms of being Veep, if there's, you know, 70% of the issues that he may be averse to our base on, you know, that just creates an issue. I do love DeSantis on the health stuff. Imagine RFK being sicked on the FDA and the CDC. You know, I would like get popcorn out. This would be 
one of my happiest days. And I totally agree with that take. That's a great take. No, RFK shouldn't be anybody's running mate because he doesn't align with conservative values enough to be a partner or to be second in line as leader of the free world. But man, oh man, he would be great if he were sicked on the FDA and the CDC. And you can tell, by the way, that this is an extremely good position for DeSantis to take based on the backlash from the left. This is what former press secretary Jen Psaki tweeted when this video was going viral on Twitter. She said, not sure, not even sure this needs a comment. As if what, Jen, it's so crazy that it speaks for itself. This is a perfect example of how out of touch the left is with the majority of the American people who understand the corruption that big pharma and big government have inflicted on us, on us. Like Jen Psaki's probably standing in line for her 10th booster right now, maybe double masked. She's probably one of those people that wore a pink KN95 to go see Barbie. This would be the coolest thing ever if DeSantis actually sicked RFK on the FDA and the CDC. Mitch McConnell, Senator Mitch McConnell suffered a pretty scary medical emergency in front of the entire press corps today. He was having a press conference and this is what happened. I'll walk you through it. So he's speaking at the podium, surrounded by the press. His team of senators are right behind him. And then all of a sudden he just locks up and goes silent. And his face, I mean, it's actually kind of hard to watch this video, I think, because his face just bleaches color. He gets completely pale, underneath his eyes turns purple, he's sweating. His eyes, you can notice, are going back and forth, back and forth. Counter to how seizures are portrayed in movies and stuff, this is actually a perfect example of a seizure. So then the other senators step forward when they realize that it's not just a long pause and they take him back to his office. I mean, in this moment, look at, Mitch McConnell looks like ancient. He look, I mean, he's 81 years old and he looks even 10 years older than that. I don't like the guy, but this yanks at my this yanks at, at my sympathy. That's awful to watch. It's also I know the conversation. I know the conversation on Twitter has been well. Is is should there be age limits on members of Congress? And I don't necessarily think that there should be age limits on members of Congress. I think we should just vote people out when they are no longer able to fulfill their duties. And it looks like Mitch McConnell is right at the verge of that. I mean, he did fall and hit his head. Um, a couple months ago, he was out for quite some time. It seems like he's having significant health problems. I wish him the best. I hope he recovers from this fully. I hope it wasn't anything serious. I hope it looked worse than it was, but it is a reminder that Washington DC is run by absolutely geriatric people, like absolutely geriatric people, people from a different generation trying to rule ours. It's, it's again, I don't want to sound distasteful because I wish him the best and I, and not his fault that he's having the seizure, but it's not a look that I love to see, you know, first Joe Biden falling and not being able to speak and obviously in cognitive decline and now the leader of the Republicans at that age as well. Don't love it. Don't love it. All right. We have time for one more thing or as I am going to rename this segment, one more random video from the internet. This one is how to be fashionable without any money. Let's take a look at it. This is how to be fashionable without spending any money. Rule one, roll everything up. Absolutely everything up. Next, tuck everything in. Anything that can be tucked, tuck it. Third thing, tiny hat. You're gonna need one of these and must be above the ear. Next, raid your grandmother's jewelry box. Backpacks, never. Instead, a free tote bag that you got at a conference is way more fashion. Always carry a sketchbook under your arm. If anyone asks what's in it, you say, some stuff I'm working on. 
You can only listen to music that no one else has heard of or likes <laughs> from now on. Finally, if you find yourself in a doorway, you must lean against it. Fashionable people only lean. Also, squint more. They're always squinting. You've got to squint loads. And use less words. Just say less. That is hilarious. I have no idea who that guy is. I don't know if he's a comedian, but that is so funny. I would question whether he looks fashionable. He does not. He does not look cool. But that's super funny. Kudos to Rebecca for finding that. All right, guys, make sure you get a copy of my book at hideyourchildrenbook.com. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.